0: Morning. This episode deals with topics of disordered eating and describes such situations. If you or someone within earshot of this podcast are not in a place to be exposed to such discussions, please stop the recording now and take steps needed for your health and safety. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 2 of The Mental Lens, a new podcast on mental health and psychology in TV, film and media. My name is Thomas. I'm excited to be back with you for another episode, and we will be looking at the topic of disordered eating as presented in the Netflix series, The Crown. If you've not seen it, don't worry. I'll be providing a little bit of background on the show as well as the episode, so stay tuned for that. But first, just our quick disclaimer that this podcast is not therapy, nor intended to be therapy. I'm a graduate student of social work, but I'm not licensed yet, and please reach out to a licensed practitioner for your needs and diagnosis. This show does not diagnose anyone, simply makes educated guesses. Diagnosis is an involved process which cannot be done without understanding the totality of a person. That being said, let's get started. So, The Crown is an Emmy and Golden Globe award-winning drama series on Netflix, which depicts the life of mainly Queen Elizabeth II and her trials and tribulations while ruling the United Kingdom and Commonwealth, along with balancing family relationships and politics. It also follows side plots of the lives of senior members of the British royal family, such as Prince Philip, Prince Charles, and Princess Margaret, who, as a side note, I hope to maybe cover in future episodes, because the episode's uh with princess margaret in them also depict her own struggles with mental health so that might be some good material here but one of the other characters shown on screen throughout the series is princess diana the show chronicles prince charles relationship with camilla shand who later becomes camilla parker Bowles, and then shows charles meeting diana it follows them through their courtship to their marriage and diana's pregnancy with william and harry And it also focuses in on Diana's struggle to adapt to royal life inside palace walls, not only the regimented lifestyle, but particularly the mind-boggling social hierarchies, culture of silence around emotion, relentless deference to those of higher standing, and the toll this takes on Diana's mental health. I want to play some audio for you from one episode as an example of this, where Diana enters a room in the palace very ornate and lavish, with the senior members of the royal family present, standing more or less in a circle in the middle of the room, talking to each other, having an animated conversation. As Diana enters, they stop their conversation and are rather upset. It has been interrupted by her arrival and stare at Diana in a very schoolyard confrontation way as if she showed up to school on the first day as a new student and rolled up to the popular kid table in the cafeteria, and ask to sit down. Diana enters the circle awkwardly and attempts to curtsy to them by rank in descending order as is customary, and I'll play the audio for you to show you how well that goes. It was sea shells. So now, how dinner party. Decants into a convoy of limousines were rushed through the streets of Manila. Lady Diana Spencer, your Majesty. I was speaking. Oh, dear. Sorry. Your Majesty. Um your Majesty. Royal Highness, I didn't see you there. Evidently not. I was the one telling the story you ruined with your entrance. Sorry. Uh-uh. This one next. Honestly. Sir? Your Royal Highness, if it's the first greeting, right. then, sir. Now me. Ma'am? you don't curtsy to her. She's not royal. Just grand. Fourth. <laughs> <Sergeant. laughs> I'm so sorry. Thank goodness. We've got your grandmother to sort all this out. She's like a regimental sergeant major, aren't you? When required urgently required, I'd say, on tonight's show. <laughs> Now, of course, this is a dramatization and we have no way of knowing what actually happened in Princess Diana's life aside from what she has shared in the media. But the scene is symbolic of the very high stress environment in which she must have found herself. I'll talk a little bit about my theory or theories that have been put forward in the psychology world as to why such experiences would contribute to an eating disorder for her. But I will say now that eventually the series does show Diana's disorder in graphic detail and rather explicitly. So moving more into the psychology realm of what might be going on here and the commentary that's present, one theory for why people develop eating disorders comes from the psychodynamic school of psychotherapy. In psychology, there are a number of streams of thought as to how human emotions work. So you may be familiar with Freud, who pioneered Freudian thought. He's kind of the original psychoanalyst and Western psychologist. And then after that, many of his contemporaries or even students started disagreeing with him and reforming his theories. And a school which differs from his, which reformed his thoughts, is called psychodynamic psychology, which deals with a person's relationship to their own self and to other people and uses that framework to explain the origin of mental disorders, so in this case, an eating disorder. An interesting study in the Israeli Journal of Psychiatry by Eitan Bashar shows that individuals are more prone to eating disorders when they enter high-stress situations and simultaneously possess a weaker sense of self in combination with an intense need to people please. And it's important to note that they don't want to please everyone necessarily, but they particularly want to please individuals who they consider self objects. So that's a special term within psychodynamic psychology. Objects are simply the psychodynamic term for important people who somebody is closest to, whom they rely on, similar to how they once relied on caregivers, especially their mother. So again, the word object sounds like an item, but typically it means a certain person. The theory states that a person with an eating disorder is so obsessed with being selfless and pleasing others, especially these self-objects, and fulfilling their needs, in Diana's case, the royal family or Prince Charles, that they do not even wish to attend to their own traditional needs, which leads to these eating disorders. Their own self is less important than the object's satisfaction. And many parents of children who develop eating disorders later on in life have pointed out how conscientious they were as children, and not wishing to upset anyone or break any rules. Princess Diana is depicted as having bulimia, which involves binging and purging, which briefly means eating large amounts of food and then forcing oneself to vomit. The intake of food is theorized in this same study that I mentioned above as something which calms painful emotions. In Diana's case, anger or guilt over not fitting in in this new life or depression over perceived failure in it. The purging comes from guilt over the binging when the person suffering from bulimia feels guilt due to the quote-unquote self-indulgence of eating too much. Interestingly, and sadly, we have this theory confirmed in Diana's own words from a 1995 interview with Martin Bashir, as quoted by Elise Taylor writing for Vogue on this very episode of The Crown. Diana stated to Martin Bashir with the BBC, quote, "...I had bulimia for a number of years, and that's like a secret disease." You inflict it upon yourself because your self-esteem is at a low ebb and you don't think you're worthy or valuable. You fill your stomach up four or five times a day. Some do it more, and it gives you a feeling of comfort. It's like having a pair of arms around you, but it's temporarily temporary. Then you're disgusted at the bloatedness of your stomach, and then you bring it all up again, end quote. So all this said, why are eating disorders so dangerous? Dr. Kristen Fuller on Psychology Today points out that therapists alone are at an extreme disadvantage in assisting someone with an eating disorder because the therapist cannot be relied upon to control the eating of the person suffering. And as we have seen, those with eating disorders were often people pleasers, so they will report to therapists, yes, I'm fully complying, I'm eating how you've instructed me to, and everything is going very well. I'm doing very well nutritionally. So it's more effective when therapists are able to have clients or patients agree to be referred out to a team, including a physician, nutritionist, or other similar roles who can help monitor the nutritional intake of this client. Typically, a therapist should also refer someone with an eating disorder to a therapist who specializes in such treatment if they themselves do not. I think The Crown represented someone suffering from an eating disorder well. They offered warnings before the episode and I think after the episode with resources to contact for those suffering. So they handled the topic responsibly. One problem I did note is that they refer viewers to the Netflix support webpage, WantToTalkAboutIt.com. However, this page does not explicitly mention eating disorders. One has to do some digging and it is filed under self-harm, quote unquote, a section entitled self-harm, but they must be made aware that people who are suffering from an eating disorder might not even be aware or willing to accept that they are self-harming. So they would not go to this section of the website to look for support or resources. People who are suffering from this issue might know something is wrong with how they eat because of guilt or shame they feel around their eating patterns, but it is not helpful to categorize the assistance link in this way under self-harm, in my own opinion. Maybe some room for improvement on that piece. So at this point in the show, I'll bring it to a close. I thank everyone for listening to this important topic and hope you learned something today. If you or someone you know is struggling with an eating disorder, you can get help at the National Eating Disorders Association at www.nationaleatingdisorders.org slash get hyphen help. And I'll try and include that in the show notes for this episode as well. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and try to find the rainbow connection everyone, bye. I have it on very good authority that the quest for perfection our society demands can leave the individual gasping for breath at every turn. This pressure inevitably extends into the way we look. Eating disorders, whether it be anorexia, or bulimia, show how an individual can turn the nourishment of the body into a painful attack on themselves.